The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, welcome to Friday evening. Another weekend is here. Loving the summer weekends. But before we embark on that, some important things to talk about over the next 30 minutes here on the Disability Law Show. And uh, you want to get on board anytime with Sivan and his team. Toll-free phone number is one 821 5900 website is simply disabilityrights.ca. Throw help at on top of that, and you'll have an email address, help at disabilityrights.ca. Lots to get through. Want to get into the emails right away over the next half hour, Savannah, but uh, we always start off with the week that was, the case of the day. What's uh, what's going on in your end, pal? Hey, John. Great to be here with you and the listeners. Let, let me start off uh, by telling you about an interesting call that I got this past week. It was a 38-year-old man that had called me. He is uh, from just uh, northern Ontario, just uh, north of Barrie. And uh, he has been off work for the last couple of years or so, primarily because of COVID. It, these are psychological issues that he's experienced, uh, severe depression. But it wasn't just COVID. It was also one of his parents fell uh, gravely ill, uh, almost passed away because of COVID. So there wow. was a whole confluence of events, many things that happened. And uh, he, he ended up uh, off on disability for a while. In fact, he contacted us initially because of the disability issues that he had. He wasn't cut off. But he had issues, he had questions, and so we helped him with that. Uh, so it's about two years. At the same time, John, and I know you, you know this from doing our employment shows with Lior and the other folks in the firm, his employer at that time, when he went on leave, uh, let him go. Right. And, and of course, that is a huge no-no. You can't do that. You can't fire someone who's disabled. And so that, that company had to pay him severance, and there were human rights damages as well. And again, we helped him with that because our primary areas of focus at our law firm our long-term disability, short-term disability, employment law, and personal injury. And so we helped him with that. And the reason why he actually called me again this week is because he was just about to start a new job. In fact, next week, he was supposed to start a new job as a general manager of a hardware store uh, in, in his local town. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the weekend prior, so last weekend, uh, he was rear-ended uh, by, um, by a car yeah. on the highway. It was a fairly significant car crash. The police attended, the ambulance, fire, everybody. Uh, and luckily, he didn't break anything, but uh, he, he has tremendous back pains and neck pains. Uh, and he suffered a concussion as well because of uh, you know the, the significance of the injury, like how, how bad the crash was, uh, the impact. And of course, this is the beginning stages of a car accident, and I explained to him what his rights are, right? He hasn't worked for two years or so, so he's probably going to be entitled to certain accident benefits. These are benefits that your own insurance company has to pay you after a car accident, irrespective of who's at fault. Now, in this case, he's not at fault, but irrespective of who's at fault, you're entitled to those accident benefits. And in his case, he's probably going to be entitled to non-earner benefits, which are $185 weekly for a maximum of two years. He's going to be entitled to medical and rehabilitation benefits, depending on, again, the significance of his injuries and what happens. He's either going to be entitled to $3,500 max, or if he qualifies for the non-catastrophic category, he'll be entitled to up to $65,000 for a maximum of five years for medical and rehab benefits and attendant care. Now, I know, know I'm throwing out these numbers and these phrases out there. Many people out there don't understand. Here's what you do need to understand if you've been involved in an accident, a car accident, or any accident involving a car where somebody's injured. You are potentially entitled to significant benefits from your own insurance company. At the same time, you may have a claim against whoever caused the accident or who was primarily responsible for the accident. 
So in this case, John, remember, he was already, uh, he, he was rear-ended, so it's not his fault. The question is, uh, you know, what kind of damages, what kind of compensation can he be looking at, given the fact that he was off work already for two years for the pre-existing issues of, you know, severe depression? And, you know, I'll tell you, John, I used to work for insurance companies in the past, and I can tell you in this case, without a doubt, without a doubt, if his injuries from this car accident are going to be prolonged, if they're going to be something that's going to haunt him in the years to come, remember, he was supposed to start a new job as a general manager. Yeah. Now that's not going to happen, or at least it's not going to happen in the short term. He's going to be entitled to recoup those kinds of losses or the majority of those losses through a legal claim against whoever caused the accident, their insurance company. They're going to have to pay for that. How do we go about this? Well, that's a good question because we need to understand the full scope of his injuries. We need to look at the medical documentation. We need to be in touch with the insurance company for the driver that caused the crash. We need to file all the necessary paperwork. And that's something that people a lot of times don't understand. They think they have all the time in the world. You don't have all the time in the world. Not only that, but even though you have two years from the date of the accident to start a claim for compensation for your injuries, a lot of people don't understand that many things need to be done at the beginning, like accident benefits, for example, that I talked about at the outset, or notifying the right parties, or communicating with the doctors, or with the potential employer in this case. Now, the insurance company that's going to defend that claim down the road when we bring it is going to say, look, Sivan, your client has had a pre-existing issue. He's had depression. He wasn't working for two years. As far as we're concerned, there's no proof that he suffered ongoing losses because of this injury. Maybe he's injured, but you can't tell us that now he can't work again. You can't tell us that now he has difficulty working, can't earn income, because for the last two years he hasn't earned anything except for disability payments from his insurance company. Here's the counter to that. If we have a standing offer or an offer that's been accepted, if we can verify with his new employer or who was supposed to be his new employer, that in fact he was supposed to start as a manager, and I think his salary was supposed to be about $65,000, that now he cannot earn that, well, guess what? He's entitled to compensation for that loss. Right. Remember, our system of compensation in Ontario and Canada generally is one of compensatory damages. If someone injures you, if somebody is negligent, not intentionally, unintentionally, that's what negligence is, if they've caused an accident or contributed to an accident, whereby you were injured and have suffered losses, not just pain and suffering, but monetary losses, you are entitled to recoup those losses, or at least a certain percentage of those losses, again, depending on the circumstances. So we're going to be able to help him. I'll be able to help him. My team and I have already spoken with him. We're going to file the necessary paperwork. And again, this is an interesting example because you have someone who is already on disability. We've helped him with that. It was somebody who unfortunately was let go from his job. So there was another lawyer at our firm that helped him with that. And now with this car accident, we're going to be able to help him navigate, you know, the kind of complex world of car accident law. Because uh, yeah. you don't want to do this by yourself. You certainly need to have somebody in your corner who knows what they're doing, a legal team, lawyers, paralegals, assistants, professionals, who know what they're doing, who have a reputation, who have the ability to do what they need to do to put as much money in your pocket as possible, as, as allowable by law, for your injuries. So very interesting. And you know, we'll come back to this case, I think, John, down the road as we see results. But I just wanted to highlight this because oftentimes people contact us with multiple issues, unfortunately for them. And in this case, it was a disability issue with the insurance company, it was the employment issue, and now it's a car accident issue. But the good news is we have the people in our office, in our offices, we have multiple offices, 
to help him with all of these issues and make sure we take care of him and his family. Want to move on to our first email? Some good stuff there. Savan June High writes in says, Guys, thank you for taking the time to answer my question. My brother was involved in an accident where he was turning left on a yellow light and he collided with another car going straight through the yellow light. There's dash cam footage of the accident and you can see the color of the light. He suffered serious injuries and is still in hospital while the other driver is not terribly injured. I wanted to see if there was anything we should be doing on his behalf or even if we have a claim. The insurance company said he was totally at fault as the light was yellow when he started turning. What do you guys think? So, no, the insurance company is incorrect here, uh, at least partially, and I'll explain this. So, first of all, thank you very much, Unai, for contacting us. John, by the way, many people who contact us contact us because a family member heard the show or saw our show on TV, right. got information that was useful to them or to their loved ones, and then either they contacted us on, on you know their loved one's behalf or explain to their loved ones that they need to contact us to get this information. Remember, this information is free. So when we talk with you, when you contact me or any member of my team, we're going to talk with you. We're going to explain everything to you, review your documents for free. We're not going to take a cent. The purpose here is to educate you and to make sure you're empowered to make the decision you need to make. So let's talk about this case here, uh, Junai, with, with your brother. Number one, when we're dealing with car accidents or any personal injury, the first aspect of the case, the first thing we talk about or try to analyze is liability, which is fault. The second part is damages or losses. Clearly, if it's your fault for getting injured, like for example, you have a slip and fall and nothing caused you to fall except that you tripped up on your own two feet, well, no one's responsible. There's no point talking about injuries or damages because there's no one to recover from, right? You are responsible. But when you're dealing with a car accident like this, where it's a yellow light type situation, the answer is, and this is a classic law school exam answer. I remember, John, decades ago when I was in law school, one of the, my first professors told me that if you want to get an A on your exam in law school, your answer to any question should start with, it depends. It depends. <laughs> because it's true. Think about this, right? How many times have you had conversations with your loved ones, with friends, whatever? It depends. So let's talk about this. He was turning on yellow light. Okay. So technically speaking, you can argue, well, if it was a yellow light, he should have been extra careful, right? But how many of us have made a turn, a left-hand turn? We thought, we saw the other car that's coming straight towards us. We saw them slowing down, uh, and we simply anticipated that we will be able to make the left-hand turn, right? So we are moving because we made certain assumptions. The car on the other side who's going left is also seeing a, seeing a yellow light, they're also making certain assumptions, either that you're going to wait for them or that you're going to make a turn and they're going to slow down, whatever. So the issue in the case where you have a left uh, turn, a yellow light turn, is that it's not always 100% the fault of the person who made the turn or not 100% the fault of the person who went straight. It depends on witnesses. It depends on how long the light was yellow. It depends on how many cars were in the intersection, the movement that was there, how big the intersection was. You know. There are cases out there, John, where we've had to get engineering experts to do a recreation, like to, a, 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 to, to basically look at, at the scenario and give us engineering perspective, an engineering perspective to figure out uh, what opportunities each side had to avoid the accident. Uh, so in this case here, Junai, I can tell you that in many cases that I have both defended, defended claims in left-hand turns as well as prosecuted on behalf of clients who were injured, in many cases, it was not a 100% the fault of one side or the other. It was either a 50-50, it 
it was a 75-25, sometimes 75-25 in favor of whoever was turning and sometimes in favor of whoever was going straight. So I need to understand a lot more. I need to speak with your brother here, obviously, to understand a lot more about what happened and see if there are any witnesses and also see what the police has said. Because the police would have done an investigation, maybe they would have laid some charges, uh, maybe given a ticket. Again, none of this is determinative, because at the end of the day, we have to look at the facts and the evidence of the case. My point is that the insurance company is incorrect by saying that he's totally at fault, because yes. the light was yellow. It's not a simple analysis. But then the question becomes, John, as we're looking here about the injuries, and it's really important to understand that when you have serious injuries, Juno High, like your brother has, he's going to be potentially entitled to significant compensation, even if he is found to be partially at fault. So we can, we can come back to this, John. I want to talk about what happens if you have significant injuries and you are partially at fault. How does the law look at that and whether or not you can still get compensation? We will do that and get into more of your email as well after a short break. In the meantime, toll free to reach Savan and his crew, 1-855-821-5900, website disabilityrights.ca and help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue with more of the Disability Law Show here on a Friday evening. Hang on, we're coming right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, we're back. Still some time to go here in the Disability Law Show to get you into your weekend. You want to reach out to Savannah and his team? You can always ask and always encourage to pick up a phone and uh, use the number toll-free, of course, one 821 5900 You can also ask your questions anonymously and freely in mydisabilityquestions.com and email is help at disability disabilityrights.ca. Okay, let's get back into June High's email talking about, uh, well, it was it was a pretty complex question turning on a yellow light. There was dash cam footage, insurance companies saying, nope, didn't happen that way. As always, they're going to dig their heels in, right? Where do you, you want to pick it up, pal? That's right. So the dash cam, first of all, we didn't talk about that. And again, that's something that oftentimes can really clarify the situation. Yep. Not always, because it doesn't always capture everything. But again, the more evidence we have, the more we can assess who's at fault and to what degree. But in a yellow light situation, when you're turning left and there's a collision, it's not going to be necessarily a 100% the fault of one side or the other. Oftentimes, there is a split. And that's negotiated by the lawyers, by the insurance companies, etc. But I want to talk about something that we uh, talked towards the end of the last segment, John, which is what happens if the accident is not 100% the fault of one party or the other, and yet the person, one of the people, is seriously injured. So in June High's case, there is a possibility here that her brother is going to be found to be partially at fault, at the very least, for the accident. At the same time, he suffered serious, significant injuries and he's still in the hospital. So can he actually get compensation for the fact that he's injured, despite the fact that he may be found to be at least partially responsible for the accident? The answer is, John, drum roll, it depends. <laughs> Most likely, yes, but it depends. So let's talk about what that means. Remember what we said about accident benefits? Accident benefits, these are the kind of benefits, uh, compensation that you get as a result of being in a car accident, being injured, even if it is your fault. They're called no-fault benefits. And those no-fault benefits are going to compensate 
Junhai's brother, if he was working before the accident for his income loss, up to $400 a week, there's a formula the insurance company used to calculate that, uh, and certain other benefits like medical rehabilitation. If you need certain treatments that are not covered by OHIP or by an extended medical health plan uh, through work, uh, again, all depending on the kind of injuries he suffered. But remember, there is also the other claim, which could be much larger than that, which is called a tort claim. That's the claim that you make if you are injured because of someone else's negligence. doesn't have to be 100% their negligence. It can be partially their negligence. I'll give you an example in a second that's really, really uh, good in, sh in showcasing that. Uh, and, and you need to understand that you are potentially entitled to those damages and you need to know how to pursue those damages. And again, make sure that you have a lawyer or a team of lawyers, a law firm, that understands how to advance your claim in the best way possible so that you put as much money as you can in your pocket from the insurance company of whoever caused or contributed to the accident. Now, the case I was going to mention to you, John, is I think we talked about this before. There was a case I was involved in many years ago with a child who was uh, catastrophically injured, didn't pass away, thank God, but he was fairly significantly injured. Claim was worth millions of dollars, but the kid was actually mostly at fault. However, through an engineering report, they did, uh, you know, a... a, a recreation of the accident they actually had an animation they were it was very sophisticated they were they showed essentially that the driver even though the kid ran through the street the driver had an opportunity to stop and so there was a negotiated settlement whereby it was held that the driver was 25% responsible for the accident. The kid, slash the kid's parents for failing to supervise, were responsible for the other 75%. But because the claim was worth millions of dollars, take 25% of millions of dollars, and you have a lot of money that the insurance company for the driver had to pay to settle the claim. So that's my point here to Jun Hai and to her brother, that even if her brother is found to be partially at fault for the accident, if the other driver also has some liability, then her brother is potentially entitled to a recovery of a portion of his losses, of his damages. And again, how do we calculate that? Well, this is where we come in and we look at all the facts, all the documentation, get the proper experts, the people we work with, and we advance the case. And again, the key here, this is what I want people to take away from this. You are not helpless, you are not alone, you're not powerless. You simply don't know this because you don't do this for a living, John. You don't do this for a living either, right? I mean, totally. this is what I do. If I need accounting advice, I go to an accountant. I need a medical advice, I go to a doctor. If you need advice, if you need representation when it comes to a car accident, a trip and fall, anything that we do at our firm, this is what we're here for is to advise you and then give you your options and then you choose what you want to do and then we can help you with whatever choice you have made but the key thing is to be informed and to empower yourself by understanding your rights and start by reaching out right toll free 1-855-821-5900 and help at disabilityrights.ca uh let's get down to sharon's email says guys was coming home from work and was turning left at a four-way stop into the grocery store when i was in the middle of my turn a person started crossing the road in front of me and i had to stop mid-turn it was at this point i was hit by another car that was going straight through the four-way they claimed not to have seen me but i honked twice as i saw them coming up fast i've been on 
able to drive since the accident, and I get panic attacks even as a passenger whenever someone turns at a four-way. I also hit my head and had a stiff and sore neck and have have been having some balance issues since the accident. The insurer says because I stopped, uh, they will not resolve my claim and that the balance issues are not related to my accident. Is there anything I can do? I haven't been able to go back to work because I drive as part of my job and my doctor says I can't drive with the balance issues. Please help me. From Sharon. Wow. Wow, this is significant. And it's again, we're dealing with a bit of a complex scenario here. But again, that's what we deal with. Uh, complex issues, not just simple stuff. So Sharon, let me try and diagnose the, the scenario here and give you some, uh, some advice. So first of all, the fact that you were at a stop, you were stopped because there was a pedestrian that was crossing and somebody else essentially ran into you, essentially hit you. Again, without seeing all of the evidence, hearing everybody's uh, uh, version of events, I'm sure that uh, you know there are some witnesses, such as the pedestrian, without knowing more than what you've given us, my gut sense is that you are not going to be held responsible here, that it's going to be the responsibility of the car that actually hit you because you had no choice. Now, again, that's a question here. I'm going to say you had no choice, but... You know, is the insurance company for the driver they hit you going to say that, right? They're going to say, look, you ought to have seen that there was a pedestrian that was going to cross the road. You ought not to have actually started the left-hand turn at that point. So, you know, there's a lot of kind of what ifs. And this is why, John, I always say it depends. Now, one thing I don't understand here is whether or not the insurer for the accident benefits, meaning her own insurer is not paying her, or if we're dealing with the insurance company for the other driver that hit her. Right? There is the accident benefits insurance company, which is usually your insurance company, and then there is the tort insurer, i.e. the insurer of the driver that caused the accident. So again, I need to understand, Sharon, exactly which insurance company you're dealing with. I need to understand what benefits you've already been given or are going to be given according to the insurance company, and if there's been any correspondence communications with the insurance company for the driver that actually caused the accident. So I can help Sharon, John, with all of the above, but I need to understand, I need to look at the documentation. And again, people are often hesitant, John, to contact me, to contact lawyers in general, because they think, oh, it's going to cost me money. I don't have money right now, especially since Sharon can't work. It's going to cost you nothing. This is what I tell people. It will cost you not a cent. And you can record me saying that and play it back if ever I come back (laughs) and say to you, it's going to cost you anything. It will cost you nothing. Even if you hire me and my firm to help you with getting certain benefits and compensation, the only way we get paid, and this is in black and white on an agreement that we send you if, in fact, we think we can help you, is it says that we only get paid if, if we are able to recover money for you. Not before, certainly not after if no money's coming in. So in a way, if you think about it, it's like a real estate agent. Our interests are aligned with yours. We get a percentage of whatever we can recover for you. Hmm. If we are wrong, if I'm completely wrong, guess what? I did all this work for nothing. I expended money and time myself, my team, which is why I'm saying that you know, you can trust us because I'm not going to you know, do all this work so that I don't get paid either. But when it comes to information, at least the preliminary information, the questions people have, John, we've had people contacting us, and for years we've sort of guided them and helped them along the way, making sure that they don't misstep without them even having to retain us, without them paying any. I've had people saying to me, I want to pay you for your time because I've contacted you 20 times. I said, don't worry about it. Unless I actually represent you, I'm not going to take a cent. So again, this is how we operate. It's about giving you information, empowering you, and I urge you, if you or someone you know has been injured in an accident, in any kind of accident, 
please reach out to us and get the information you need and learn your rights. And that is it. Your weekend has begun. Thank you so much for tuning in and corresponding. If you sent along an email or a note, we really appreciate it. It might turn up on a uh, future show. And you can always send more along to Savannah and his team. That number one more time, toll free to uh, to reach out, one 855 Website is disabilityrights.ca or help at disabilityrights.ca for that email address that we always use every show. And then free questions and answers about LTD and your injuries, go to my disabilityquestions.com. Just that simple. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show. Enjoy your weekend. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.